Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. This is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Jeff C. I'm host of this show and podcast and on the social team at Social Media Examiner. And I'm Grace Duffy. I'm the producer of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show and a contributor to Social Media Examiner. Today, we are so excited to be joined by our guest, Mari Smith. If you don't know who Mari Smith is, she is known as the queen of Facebook. She's a consultant for Facebook and the leading expert on Facebook marketing. She's the author of The New Relationship Marketing, How to Build a Large, Loyal, Profitable Network Using the Social Web. Mari, we're so excited to have you on the show today. We're going to explore Mark Zuckerberg's latest personal challenge and what it means for marketers. We'll also discuss Facebook's new product updates for ads, video metrics, and page management. So, Grace, why don't you cook us off? Because we got a ton of stuff to cover with Mari today. We have so much stuff. So, first things first. So, last Thursday... Just as we had finalized the show, we just were ready to go, had it scripted, had it scheduled, had it titled, everything. Mark Zuckerberg issued his annual personal challenge. Now, this is something he has done, not surprising, since 2009. And it started off, in my opinion, the fanciful pursuits of a young tech billionaire. So it was stuff like wear a tie every day and write a thank you note and read a book every two weeks, which are all really Awesome, awesome personal challenges. And then around 2018, 27, 2018, it kind of took a more corporate bend where I think his pro- his personal challenge that year was to fix Facebook. So whatever <laughs> might have come of that. So we're still here talking about it. So it must have worked, right? Um, but along with this new decade, 2020, uh, he added a new twist. So, you know, of course, he starts off with talking about this many successes of first of all, of Facebook. And then, of, of course, of his life personally, he's now a father and a husband. And he started uh, doing more philanthropy and get out and meet more people, do more things. So this year, he decided to focus more long term and think about what his life and what the world will look like in 2030 and focus on working on those things. Yeah. So Mari, he mentioned like five key areas of growth. And so we're going to kind of talk about those. But he mentioned, first of all, this rise of a new private social platform where conversations shift to private spaces. And to me, this seems like it should be a real relevant area to keep tabs on for, you know, us social media marketers, especially as this shift alters the effectiveness of like existing outreach strategies. So how should marketers adjust their strategy? And, and what exactly is Mark talking about here? You bet. Well, Jeff and Grace, the truth is that this is really circling back in in Mark Zuckerberg's personal challenge, although it's no longer a personal challenge, it's his annual statement, I guess, Mm -hmm. for the next decade. So in uh, March, and I I was looking up the dates actually in preparation for this show, it was March 6th of 2019 that Zuckerberg published his 3200 
word privacy manifesto and it seemed to kind of come out the blue i mean us experts weren't exactly like oh this is going to be probably we're like predicting it we didn't like really know about it and so then okay what is this about and interestingly enough um my keynote for social media marketing world 2019 was on march 22nd like just really immersing ourselves into this whole conversation about well, how will this impact marketers? Because that's exactly what Zuckerberg said in March of last year is that they want to build this privacy-focused social foundation for the future. Well, my personal opinion is that's definitely a response to all of the privacy issues, all the you know Cambridge Analytica mm-hmm. scandal and what are we doing with your data and so on and so forth. So where the pivot has gone is three primary areas of privacy that Facebook's been focused on since March of last year is private messaging, groups, and stories. And the thing is, I know you probably talked about this on the show before where, you know, Instagram and Facebook are testing hiding like counts on public facing posts, although the obviously the, the publisher can see them. But stories has always been private. Engagement on stories is private. But the messaging part, I want to really like, you know, drive that point home for marketers because right after Zuckerberg did his keynote in uh, April 30th of the F8 annual developers conference, the Asha uh, Sharma, the head of Messenger product, came up right after him and they went really deep in painting this picture of building, rebuilding Messenger from the ground up to be the lightest, fastest messaging platform in the world. Mm -hmm. So as marketers looking to see how you can embrace Messenger automation, chatbots, we've got ManyChat and MobileMonkey, two companies that I work with. I'm deploying my own chatbot right now after a couple of years of like just, you know, quite frankly, it's an arena that's, if you don't quite get it right, you can end up, you know, just wasting a lot of time and money and kind of alienating your your audience. So, but private messaging, I really feel in 2020 that chatbots will be the much, they'll just be much more prevalent for marketers. And then obviously with the groups and the stories. Gotcha. So he continues on to talk about decentralizing opportunity, right? So he mentions that there are 140 million small businesses that reach customers every day on on Facebook and it's family of apps. And he makes a note here where he says, mostly for free. That's right. Yeah, mostly for free. You know, Well, we're all marketers here. So, I mean, it, it's it's not a surprise, right? But he does talk about how there are a lot of tools, a lot of opportunities that bigger companies have access to simply because they have bigger pocketbooks that a smaller business may not. And so they're mostly focused on helping small businesses have easy access to that same technology previously only available to those big companies. So, when it says when Facebook says that it's focusing mostly to help small businesses, what's the implication here for marketers and owners of these small businesses? Right. Well, so yeah, to just to underscore that number you just said is 140 million businesses. Cheryl Sandberg mentioned that as well on the last earnings call, October. And that's that's across the entire Facebook family of apps. That includes WhatsApp as well, right? So it's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger. And they don't distinguish now. I believe it's about 90 million that are that have pages on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But the new tools, there's new tools. So, so 
certainly like Facebook Live has been out for several years now, but then all the other features that are in there, like the being able to trim the beginning and end, being able to make right. segments of that live, uh, adding captions. And then now, I know we're going to get down to this in a, in a later segment today, is uh, the metrics. It's all available for free. So improved video features, also like the new release or the premiere groups, you know, just a lot of great features like adding the shop, adding like menus, appointment, appointment making, integrating with your messenger. So I think for the savvy, small and medium, small business size owner and the marketers, that uh, don't have big budgets. Mm-hmm. If, it really behooves you to, to, first of all, get educated. I mean, really get educated because it's easy to just see headlines going by or to get frustrated and see like maybe some of your fellow marketers are not making the best use of the tools either. And so you just think, well, I don't know what to do and you get stuck. So it's like, go and get educated, get training, take seminars, read Social Media Examiner, come to Social Media Marketing World, right. get educated and then use as many of these tools that are available for free. And I'm telling you, this is what I teach in all my own classes and keynotes is that you can really optimize and maximize what Facebook offers for free with even a very nominal budget. So it's like if we flip it around instead of saying, oh my gosh, you know, Facebook's pay to play. It's like, no, Facebook's invest for success. Mm. Invest for success, even a nominal amount. If you're not getting a positive ROI, you're not doing it right. So again, I go back to getting educated. That's a great point. Great point. One of the things I did notice, you know, reading all his stuff and then watching your uh, kind of breakdown on this, Mari, that you have on your channel that was really, really good. One of the things that was absent was he he didn't really mention anything about Libra and Portal. Do you know why that was left out? Because that kind of seems to me that was a big kind of omission that that wasn't even kind of talked about. You're right. You're right, Jeff. I agree. So let's start with Portal because that's easier. And for those that don't know what the heck is Portal, I mean, that's Facebook's in-home video chat device. And now there's a whole family. They call it like the Portal family because not only is there a video chat device, very much like Amazon Echo Show, but it's got an actual Mm. video on it. And it's got a really nifty camera. It follows you around as you move. It probably did quite good for, you know, recording or I think you can do Facebook Live on it if you can. It's coming for people doing demos or whatever, cooking or makeup. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the the newest thing they did was uh, to bring out this uh, portal for the TV where it's got the forward-facing camera on your television, which, and I think we've talked about this on your show here before, which I got really excited about it. We're imagining now, me personally, I don't have a portal. I have no plans to get a portal. I don't have an Amazon Echo. (laughs) I don't want listening devices. (laughs) Of course, we've got our phones and our computers or whatever. But imagine sitting watching, you know, a show that's streaming live from from Facebook. And one of the big areas they're, they're going to be working on, which we'll talk about in a moment, is uh, commerce. And so if you're watching almost like a home shopping network, QVC, Shark Tag, whatever, it's like somewhere where you could actually go to invest or buy. And you are now uh, watching with a group of friends through the portal. And you've got the little chat, the video chat, picture in picture on the side. You're like, hey, what about this? And then you press a button or you're on your phone or maybe... Maybe we'll have touchscreen TVs or what. So the portal, I think it's very early days. It's not doing as well in the marketplace, I think, as, as Zuckerberg thought. But switching gears to the Libra, the Libra coin, which is Facebook's version of a cryptocurrency, which is you, you've probably discussed this before, too. It's not really a crypto. It's a stable coin. It's mm-hmm. backed by real money. But they've had so much challenges in the government with that, right? David Marquez and you know, having to go and be grilled by the, the, the lawmakers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
So I think it was very, very strategic. Zuckerberg, he did, there's nothing, I believe, there's nothing he does just like by accident, just by omission. Right. It's very strategic. He's like a chess player. He's like Wayne Gretzky, the great Canadian hockey player. <laughs> he doesn't just skate where the hockey pucks go in. He literally gets out in the rink and places the hockey puck, and then he tells all of us to skate there. But he does mention in that statement, he mentions payments one time is over the next decade, we hope to build the commerce and payments tools so that every small business has easy access to the same technology that previously only big ones had. And I think you just mentioned that, Grace. And TechCrunch wrote up about it as well. He doesn't, he never mentions crypto, blockchain, Libra, but he does suggest like Instagram storefronts, messenger right. customer support, WhatsApp remittance. And I think that that's what you know, Zuckerberg and team have really got their eye on the global horizon because that's where the massive growth is, right? India and other countries uh, outside the U.S. I think India is actually probably the number one growth for WhatsApp and WhatsApp payments. He sure would love to get into China, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Mm, right. <laughs> Do you imagine like instantly doubling oh Facebook users overnight? <laughs> yeah, he would love that. I know. Well, you know, one of the other things he did highlight in his statement, he talked about AR and VR. Mm -hmm. Now I'm a super nerd. And like, so I was <laughs> like, I have the big Oculus strapped to my face. I have the uh -huh. Oculus Rift and the Oculus Go. But I want to know what you think about, like, how close are we like, not nerds like me, but regular small to medium businesses for going like all in on AR and VR. I think AR may be a little bit more easier for companies to do. VR may be a little bit harder, but I'd love your thoughts, Mark. Yeah, well, gosh, for all ye non-nerds out there, all ye non-early adopters, right. I think to your question, Jeff, going all in, I literally think it's like five years, maybe even 10. I'm not kidding, because... Mm. For regular, everyday, small to medium-sized business people, heck, they're just still trying to grasp the basics. Right. There are still many, many businesses out there struggling with SEO and building an email list, never mind figuring out Facebook and Instagram and then ads. And it's like, oh my gosh, now I got this AR, VR thing. However, I always feel like as small business owners, we can really learn a lot from what the big brands are doing. So I love it when I see like Sephora, will bring out, you know, some kind of VR ad where you can try on a lipstick or you or, or a pair of sunglasses. Ray-Bans have that or Nike. They've got all of these really cool interactive VR type ads or AR. And so that you can just like tap into it before you know it, you're kind of almost like immersed in this experience of, you know, oh, what this is what it would look like if I bought this product. That is where I, I think that our small business uh, SMBs really have our eye on the horizon and go like, how could I adopt technology like that? And again, going into that education. Uh, is there any sessions at Social Media Marketing World? Probably are. Are you talking about AR and VR? I'm sure it'll are. be brought up for a lot because a lot of the apps now are really are having some developers tools where they're they're doing that. I'm sure some of the people who are really into those uh, specific platforms that are using it like Instagram, like lenses and, you know, Snapchat yeah. lenses and that kind of stuff. I'm sure they'll bring that up. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. The stuff like you mentioned, the being able to try on stuff, which I think you're right. I think that's going to be really what users are going to want to do is they're going to want to how, you know, kind of shop the look kind of thing where they can, yeah. you know, see how yeah. it's going to uh, work on, you know, their style or how this outfit will look at them. And so you mentioned portal and I think that may be a way that they're going to bring some of that AR stuff yes. into the platform. So. You're absolutely right. Well, you know what? They're kind of already doing some of that because one of the ads is showing like a grandpa and grandma mm -hmm. in another part of the country or the world. And they're reading stories to their grandchildren right. with these silly full-on AR like masks, right? Of yeah, filters. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, let me back up just one quick point and insert a piece here. It's really important. On F8, now I, I'm uh, 2016, 2015, I'm not kidding. It was literally two or three, maybe even four years ago that Zuckerberg got up on stage at F8 and he said that the camera was the original AR. Mm. And they demonstrated some cool things, like he was filling up a room with Skittles and then he had his camera and he was pointing it like at a, gla- a bottle of wine and you could see like the vintage and the details about the grapes. And then he literally said in the future you'll be able to just tap a button and buy it so i mean that was a few years ago so it's really um you know developed in that time in some ways but there's still a long way to go mm-hmm. i think that was probably 2016 and to that point his personal challenge that year was to build an ai for his home oh that's right yeah. and remember yeah. where like you went through and it would like Tony Stark. i think he called it jarvis right yeah, was it? yeah. marvel yeah after Marvel's Jarvis. So it taught his daughter Mandarin, it made the toast, <laughs> it took Beast out for a walk. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Jetsons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, he kicked off his five areas that we were talking about, these these areas of growth, right? And the first thing he mentioned was actually generational change. And we didn't quite tackle these in order, but we did tackle them in order of you know, relevance to marketing. But this one really caught my eye because he said he was giving younger entrepreneurs, scientists and leaders, he's focusing more on giving them the tools that they need to succeed. This is enabling change, facilitating more positive progressive shifts. So it's definitely more optimistic view of the future, which is, I think, absolutely what we need to be hearing right now. But what's interesting is he talks about millennials here taking over companies, taking over businesses. But reports have shown that Facebook growth has leveled out. Now, either it's because they've already dominated the world and except for China, and it tends to be skewing more towards an older generation. So what is Facebook doing right now to attract new younger users to its platform so that millennials will be on Facebook and will be using these tools and will be able to benefit from all this optimism and change and progressive positive shifts? Yeah, no, it's really interesting you brought up the generational thing. I saw a few articles that were kind of um, poking fun a little bit at Zuckerberg because it's like, well, yeah, yeah, obviously in 10 years time, <laughs> we're going to have like the, the oldest millennial right now is like almost 40. And so it's just obvious that, uh, you know, it's just, just natural progression of age. But um, to your point here, Grace, the truth is at this juncture, we really don't know. I mean, I'm saying we, marketers and Facebook, uh, I don't work for Facebook, just to be clear. And people often think I do. <laughs> they sometimes contract with me, but that's it. But Facebook is in a place where they really cannot really accurately predict if that younger generation will utilize Facebook or even Instagram. I think they're more likely to use Instagram, but they have to keep constantly iterating. They do add things like fun stickers and filters. They copy Snapchat and TikTok like crazy. TikTok is a serious threat. Interestingly enough, both Snapchat and TikTok, Facebook tried to to buy, to acquire them multiple times and that didn't work out. Obviously, TikTok was previously musically or owned by ByteDance, right? Now, uh, Zuckerberg has chosen to kind of address TikTok and he more kind of like throws them under the bus regarding like yeah. the Chinese government or whatever. And then when he says there's a threat, to be clear, fellow marketers, fellow social media experts, this is not a threat to Facebook overall. It's a threat to making a dent in the Gen Z uh, and the micro video, micro video. But micro video is such a growing trend. I just wrote an article yesterday for, for Bank of America. I do a twice monthly uh, column for Bank of America 
at small business community and uh, about micro video. So you've got TikTok crushing it, right? I think I just read this morning that, that TikTok was actually downloaded more times than Facebook and Messenger mm-hmm. last year. Uh, WhatsApp was the most downloaded app. So there's another one called, uh, is it Quibi? And then another one called, yeah, it's, it's QU something or other. It's a 10, Quibi, Q-U-I-B-I. That's a new micro video app. Seems to be really coming on. And then there's one other one that's, uh, it's, I think it's just called Byte, B-Y-T-E. And it's actually from, from the previous makers of Vine. So okay. I think that this is going to, everybody's going to get run for their money in terms of like, they're all like, okay, Gen Z loves micro video. Let's come up with the <laughs> right. best micro video app. <laughs> right. But Grace, to your point, I just don't know that millennials or younger users, I, I mean, millennials, young, the youngest millennials are, are definitely on Instagram, but it's right. more the Gen Zs that I think mm-hmm. marketers need to keep an eye on as they, you know, mature and what platforms they're going to be on. Yeah, right. That's a great point. You know, another thing that was kind of lowered down, they talked about some new forms of government and it was really yeah. of governance. And he, he talked about, he would like, like Zuck would even say, I really like if there were some clearer rules and, you know, we could have some clearer rules from the internet. And he mentioned also he had to take a trade off on social values, you know, between free expression and safety, privacy and law enforcement, you know, open mm-hmm. systems and locking down data and access. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of negativity, a lot of stuff in the news, you know, about Facebook and privacy and their politics and data. And he talks about getting in the middle of all this, you know, with, you know, kind of weighing it together. Uh, but when it comes to ads and reach and targeting, there really isn't anything out there like it if you want to get in front of the eyeballs. So right. what advice do you give brands for, you know, kind of weathering the storm and kind of filtering all these, you know, you know, breaking news things that happen on the, in the news cycle? So how can they weather that storm with Facebook? Well, Jeff, there's a song that comes to my mind when you ask me that question, and it's always look on the bright side of life. That's great. We got Mari to sing. Our show is done. Yeah. Yep. We don't ever have to do another show again. We've got the queen of Facebook singing us songs on Facebook. So I feel... Seriously, because, you know, you bring up such a great point here, Jeff, and, and Zuckerberg knows. And, and somebody said the other day, I think when I did my my case live last week, uh, talking about some of these things here, was like, they said, Mari, you should be CEO of Facebook. I'm like, I would not do that job for all the money in the world. <laughs> right. It is a really right. crazy, difficult job. And I think Mark Zuckerberg is the only person that can do it. Yeah. You know, and he's run the company this far and done it for 16 years and done a not too bad job of it. But yeah, he's in the middle of a massive firestorm, some of which he's created himself or his team has. Uh, But as far as the small business, medium-sized business, even major brands, we must not just think of Facebook as a giant noun and just throw it out going, ah, I see people doing this all the time. I I posted a question on my Facebook yesterday on my my personal profile and they're like, oh, people are leaving Facebook or "I, I just don't use it anymore. I'm like, don't get mad at all of Facebook. You know, it's combined. It's a two point almost five billion people that are. We are the ones that are making up the composite experience. So, as a business owner, as a marketer, as I say, definitely look on the bright side of life. 
Facebook stock is climbing. I was just reading investor. I'm a Facebook investor and thank you very much. Made some decent money. <laughs> and uh, there was an article I said that uh, it was saying that as Facebook stock trades near a record high, there's several reasons why it's actually going to surge even more this year because they have a robust product line and several revenue growth opportunities. See, Facebook, and we're going to get to another section in a moment I know about video, but Facebook has long wanted to tap into the you know digital streaming television mm-hmm. advertising arena and with the watch platform they actually have a for the first time ever they have a super bowl ad that's coming out uh, february 2nd whatever the date the super bowl is but specifically to promote groups so always oh, like i just like to have a positive optimistic attitude it's not like i'm turning a blind eye to the negativity we need to kind of take it all as one big giant soup and then you know like just focus on what works for you and reach your people and and lead uh, by example. That's a great point. Uh, That's a good attitude. Yeah. That's a good attitude to have. And I I think working in this industry, uh, those, you know, I know the three of us are very close to social media marketing and social media in general. And I think I have seen some of the bad. I'm not going to say I've seen the worst of it, but I've seen some of the bad, but I've also seen so much good and so much of my life I mean, my own personal life, like my kids' schools communicate with me through a Facebook group, right? My book club communicates through a Facebook group. So, I mean, I appreciate that his statement was very negative. It was also very honest about being caught in the middle. I mean, just being caught between privacy and then when the FBI asks you to do something do you do it? You know, and I think, uh, you know, it's on to governments and laws to, Mm -hmm. to set the policies. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? If you guys, if you're so excited to hear Mari, because I know I am, you can hear her live and in person at Social Media Marketing World. She mentioned that earlier. If you'd like to go and like even actually talk to Mari and, and see her, you know, in person, you can go to Social Media Marketing World 2020 and you can register and find out all about it at socialmediamarketing.world. That's socialmediamarketing.world. And I know I'm excited to see uh Mari, once again, in beautiful San Diego. This next section, um, we're going to talk about some product updates from Facebook. And this was kind of interesting. Facebook page admins can now access their page management history. And what it is, is Facebook kind of quietly added a new way for page administrators to access an overview of all actions taken by page admins, including like page role allocation, contact information, business manager relationships, changes to page setting and more and more. And so this is being rolled out to all pages. So if you haven't seen it yet, you will supposedly shortly. But Mari, this is what I wanted to ask you is, how does this affect marketers like running teams or individuals running accounts for clients? Do you think this kind of oversight now is good or bad? Oh my God, it's excellent. This is an excellent <laughs> tool, 100%. It's very, very similar to the moderator uh, activity in a group. If you have a group with multiple admins, moderators, you can just see, and they've had that for, for a long time. I can see, you know, like, let's say somebody posts something off topic or inappropriate or even spam in my group. I'm like, who approved this person? <laughs> I can go and I can just see. You want to be able to keep uh, transparency behind the scenes of what is happening, especially for pages that are run or groups that are run by large teams. And so, you know, I think that uh, having this is, is really good. Thinking about 
why did Facebook roll this out? I, I tell you what, what we're seeing now, obviously in 2020, and we're, we're not that far away now, obviously from the uh, 2020 US elections, which uh, driving a lot of Facebook's decisions. And so um, I say mostly what that new transparency tool is, is to help towards, you know, mitigating any kind of impact of potential election interference. So if somebody was just a bad actor and had access mm. to your page and was doing different kind of shenanigans, you could get right. to the bottom of it. Facebook does specifically say, though, your page management history will not show actions taken by systems users and actions taken by systems users, okay, and actions taken before November 1st, 2019. So it's only just put in place in the last uh, couple of months. Also, they're saying you can download your business history in Business Manager. For those folks that use Business Manager, you can download your whole history. Um, another related point to that, by the way, is relatively new, is to assign a confirmed page owner. Mm. And that's something, I, I, we have a lot of discussion about that in my social scoop group recently, where people are seeing that pop up and they are connecting it, Facebook's connecting it to any kind of social issue or political ads. People are just like writing it off going, oh, I, I, I don't do that. That doesn't apply to me. But I'm saying, you know what, why not? Facebook's giving you the opportunity to say, hey, I'm gonna um, this is my confirmed business that owns this page. Go for it. Every chance you get to show Facebook that you're a legitimate, real person, <laughs> a real business, I think that you're probably going to have a, a stronger chance of you know maintaining your page. There's just so many horror stories out there, mm. Facebook admins losing pages or someone having access that shouldn't, um, you know, and just people doing silly things like sharing profile logins and you should never have to do that. You want to have it in, with business manager. Gotcha. That seems useful, especially if you're the page owner and you're hiring out managing your page, then yeah. you can be the super owner. Right. <laughs> right. Imagine especially big pages that have, you know, 20, 30 admins on there, moderators or, you know, right. team members. And, and some of them maybe come and go. You know, I work with agencies all the time where there's quite a turnover. Right. So, yeah. You know. What do you think prompted this update? Do you think it was just an, another feature they wanted to give because people were asking for it? Or is this just oh, them no, trying to be transparent? No, it's absolutely connected to the whole um, mitigating potential election interference. Um, it's it's part of when they, you know, when they first brought out, how long goes it now? The whole ad transparency tools mm -hmm. now, which, you know, a lot of marketers freaked out, but then other marketers rejoiced because now you can go and study everybody's ads right, and revert right. here. <laughs> right, exactly. It's part of the transparency. It's part of Facebook making as, you know, many strides as they can towards protecting election interference of uh, bad actors and so on and so forth. But I don't know. I mean, this is completely off topic, but certainly related. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I, I think they have a heck of a job. We'll see. I think us page owners will need to keep a close eye on, on, on more things, more features, more areas of being able to prove authenticity. Like, for example, they're doing where the AI on Instagram is uh, flagging anything that's been photoshopped mm -hmm. and like you know photo photographers or you know digital artists are having their images flagged so yeah i think we're only seeing the tip of it so far i think you're right i think you're right well in more transparency news facebook now allows users to hide ads targeted to them via custom audiences list. So mm -hmm. Facebook has made a number of changes to how custom audience lists are managed in this past year. And the latest one being a more proactive feature. It's allowing users to get information on why they're being targeted beyond just the, why am I seeing this ad? And giving them control to see if they're directly targeted because they're on a 
on a custom audience list. So um, this was something that their uh, Facebook's director of product took to Twitter to explain. So my first question before we even get into the meat of it is, why do you think the director of product took to Twitter instead of Facebook to tell us about this news? I mean, it went, and it was a long series of tweets too. It was a 17 long series of tweets and I tried to read all of them in order and I quickly got distracted. But anyway, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's a lot of technical information to take in, in a series of 17 tweets. So at Rob Lathern, Lathern, yeah, director of product at Facebook, something's going on at Facebook when it comes to Twitter. <laughs> because right. Now, it's connected to the overall rebrand. So, you know, Facebook is now Facebook, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> so, all Shouting. caps Facebook, the company, kind of like Google did with Alphabet, all mm-hmm. caps Facebook owns all the different apps. So then there's a relatively new account on Twitter that's called at Facebook app. Now, at Facebook app, I think the account was created in September, but they literally a couple of days ago only just started really digging in and using it. And they're like, they tweet out, hello, Twitter, we're the Facebook app from at Facebook, just like at Messenger, at Instagram, at WhatsApp, and at Oculus. Hi, fam. And what's really fascinating to me is the language too, right? They're using hip and trying to appeal to the younger generation, emojis and all that. And then they tweet right back going, the Facebook app has a Twitter account? Two question marks. We know it's confusing. It's kind of like at Netflix got at Hulu account. (laughs) (laughs) This is so revealing to me. See, because it came back to how everything Facebook does is very strategic. And and I'm positive so much of this is geared towards making sure that the whole election interference, of course, we're in the U.S. It's easy for us to just think, okay, just U.S., but outside, there's obviously these elections going on all the time around the world in different parts of the you know different countries. But Twitter, it's interesting that, that Facebook would suddenly lean in to be using it so much more. And also the fact they chose this as an example, Netflix and Hulu, given that, you know, Facebook Watch, actually Facebook Watch tweeted about, there's an app, Facebook Watch, <laughs> hey, don't forget us. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's like what a little <laughs> TV show. So anyway, Grace, that's a long answer to your question. Why did Rob Lathern take to Twitter? There's Mm -hmm. something going on at Facebook where they're really starting to use Twitter more. I think they've realized better to kind of befriend the the competition. Although they're very, very different in what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very easy. It's not super closed. Like even if you don't have a Twitter account, you can still read accounts that are not protected. So. Yeah. The interesting thing, this is actually a user control for how they can be reached by brands on Facebook. So do you think it really matters to the end user how an ad reached them? I mean, I know my, like my mom's not going like, oh, how did this reach me? I don't know why I got this ad for shoes. I don't think mom cares, you know, really. (laughs) You're right, Jeff. I believe that the vast majority of Facebook users, like 98%, I'm just making that up, but a vast majority of Facebook users have no idea, no idea how Facebook ads work. And they probably have no idea that they can tap those three little dots and see why they're being targeted. However, again, back to the transparency, back to making sure there's no bad actors and protecting each election interference, protecting against any kind of interference or bad actors. I think it's a good step in the right direction because, you know, right away when they, you know, Facebook, when they get the $5 billion fine and then Mark had to do the congressional testimony, they 
implemented some immediate changes, one of which was that you had to verify, you know, your custom audience is, is loading up a list of email addresses. Now there's where you actually say, I collected these emails or an agency that I'm working with, with approval, collected these. But the fact that the user can opt out, no, don't don't show me those ads. You're not allowed to show me them. Uh, I don't want to see them. I think that's good. I like it that, that they're giving um, control back to the to the user, making people more aware. But well, you, you know. mentioned like one, a couple like a, a bad apples or bad actors, you know, and being able yeah. to, to say, uh, trace that down. So should marketers be concerned about this? Because I mean, it only takes one bad inappropriate ad or something to get you flagged. I mean, should marketers really like, okay, we really need to make sure and get all our apples in a row. And I mean, everything working. I mean, how concerned should we be concerned? How concerned should we be about this? Marketers should not be concerned in the least. If there's any concern marketers need to have is just be scrupulous with your best practices. Mm -hmm. Don't be scraping emails. Don't be buying lists of emails from, you know, uh, Sources that are not, uh, you know, untrustworthy or, or, or they're, you know, not legit or whatever, but mm-hmm. just making sure also just in terms of GDPR, it's a big major change in the last 12 months for the EU residents is making sure that you have absolute permission to be sending, uh, obviously that's for emails, but then it does spill over into what are you doing with that customer data? If you're loading it up to Facebook and you're using that data to target your email subscribers. I was just doing a whole bunch of this yesterday for a campaign I'm working on with, with my team here. And we, you know, uploading different segments, paying customers. These are people on my email list. I haven't engaged for a while. Oh, let's go and do a re-engagement campaign mm-hmm. on Facebook. So invariably, if people do tap into that three dots and they go, wait, Mari's targeting me. What? I got offer list agents ago. Or they're like, you're not supposed to do that. You can't do that if they've unsubscribed. But what they might do is they forgot. They forgot. They thought they unsubscribed and they didn't. Yeah. So just, yeah. just have good practices. Yeah, that's great advice. The next sec- uh, new section that I really am excited about because I do a lot of live video and video on Facebook is they've launched these new video insights and traffic source insights uh, on mm. Facebook. And they've added this new set it's in the retention insight surface in the creator studio. It's in that dashboard mm-hmm. there. It's for managing, monetizing, and tracking the performance of content. And they've actually kind of broken it down into four main sources, which is followers, shares, recommendations, and paid. And this mm-hmm. new metric allows you to see how much watch time your videos are generating from each of these sources. And the cool thing with this article that Facebook released, they told you what works for video and mm-hmm. kind of best practices. And I thought it was really transparent how they were kind of breaking this down. And so it's supposed to roll out 100% to the user base on Facebook for the next few months. So if you don't have access now, you should have it soon. But one of the, the questions I want to ask, so do you know if these metrics count Uploaded video or live video or both? Because I was kind of confused when I was reading the article how that actually worked. If it's just for uploaded video or live video kind of fits in there too. So I have the feature mm-hmm. and it's definitely both. Okay, it's great. It's uploaded and live. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. That's awesome. So how do you know that you have access to it? Is there a way that like if somebody hasn't been into their the new creator studio for a while and they're wanting to know if they have the new, new features, how can you tell that you have it or not? So you'll go and you'll click on Creator Studio at the top of your Facebook page on desktop under Insights, navigate to Insights. And then if you see retention, retention will be there. They've got overview, performance, loyalty, audience retention, earnings, and stories. 
But uh, yeah, it'll probably just show up. Highly unlikely that Facebook will give you a little flag or notification mm-hmm. or email and say, hey, you've not got it. So right. it's just a matter of checking it. But I would say as a marketer, if you're loading videos up on a regular basis, definitely want to be keeping an eye on that. So Facebook gave some very direct advice, as, as uh, you'd mentioned, on um, what it prioritizes when it comes to video. So they did mention posting every day, one to two times a day, at least three. And the videos need to be at least three minutes long and keep people on the site, the site being Facebook, of course. And then, you know, which is a lot. That's a lot to ask. I think especially, I mean, for a company like us, I mean, we create videos all the time, but like for smaller businesses that are off doing their own thing, like that seems like a lot. And also a three minute long video that keeps people engaged. So what in your experience, Mari, is a healthy cadence for publishing videos on a typical brand or business page? Well, you know, I I think, Grace, really, we have to be realistic here because it depends on resources. I think we're just talking offline there before the show Mm -hmm. started that uh, Mm -hmm. twice a day, Facebook's recommending twice a day, even more for bigger pages. So start where you can. If you're at a place where you're hardly doing any video, I would say aim for one to three a week to start with and gradually work up to once a day. If you can do twice a day, great. Now, this does not have to be live. I mean, live does get good reach and engagement. But I would say, you know, just batch produce your videos and three minutes or longer. Now, the reason Facebook saying three minutes or longer is, again, if we circle back to what Facebook's goal here, competing with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, now Apple TV Plus, is to become the next generation streaming digital television you know, destination. And there's massive amounts of money, billions of ad dollars to be made in ad breaks. And they can only put ad breaks into longer videos. You can't shove an ad break into a 20 second video. So they're making us make these longer videos. Um, But the thing is, you play the game by your own rules, just because Facebook says, oh, you know, we want them three minutes or longer. We want them twice a day. It's like, ah, okay. Facebook says jump and all us marketers jump. Um, (laughs) So it's like, do what works for you. Obviously, I mean, I know Social Media Examiner is, you guys are using YouTube a lot, which I think is great. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like doing what works for you. But I think, and uh, generally speaking, you know, aim to work up to once a day if you can, and three minutes or longer, but really around about 20 minutes would be the sweet spot, which is about the length of a television episode and and very similar to the uh, Red Table Talk, which is mm. kind of Facebook's flagship show with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and her her mother and her daughter. So take a look at that as a marketer to get some ideas. (laughs) Well, Oh yeah. And I think you do a great job too, Mari, is like we mentioned before about how you broke this down when it was released with Zuckerberg's this, this thing that we're talking about today, but you got on live and you talked with your audience. And I think a lot of like businesses and, and even other companies, you know, they kind of miss out on going live and be able to interact with people around the globe and that, and you did that so well on, uh, you know, your channel. And so I think that's another great way to kind of optimize, you know, some of these things that Facebook's talking about. I agree, Jeff. And real quick on that point, it's probably one of the easiest ways to get organic reach. And that very video you're talking about was on January 10th. And uh, in the retention stats is one of the the longest viewed videos. Uh, it's got the most one minute or more views of many of my videos in the last few months. Mm. It's quite extraordinary. Awesome. So I think they've done something to algorithms. I do. I think they've actually bumped them a little bit. <laughs> Great. That's always good to hear. 
Well, they, and they did mention also if if you are wanting your content to be featured more on on the news feed or or to be shared to supercharge your videos quality and integrity signals, could you break down what those words mean? <laughs> I know, like, it's like that's like they're speaking another language, right? right. And they're like yeah. just assuming that everybody's going to know what the heck that means. <laughs> so I think Grace, on this point, it's actually easier to say what not to do. What Facebook? Okay not to do for low quality or lack of integrity would be like duplicate content. So make sure you post original content, no scraping off of YouTube, no like, you know, posting it all over from uh, other pages and uh, no clickbait and no engagement bait. And that includes in live, they actually have the ability through AI to listen to what you're saying real time live. And if you keep saying comment below and like this and share this, and that's called engagement bait. If you keep doing that, they will, they're not going to get rid of your video. They'll just give it less visibility yeah. in the news feed. They also said, don't do something like what they're calling an overly static image or even like a slideshow. You know, you've seen those videos where it is a video and yet nothing's really moving. It's maybe just an image and it's, mm -hmm. it's like somebody's just recorded an image for a long time. Right. <laughs> what I think also the, the, they don't want, which is low quality and low integrity is these, I'm calling them sharing schemes. So you might get mm. groups pages that share other people's videos that have completely no relevance and they're only doing it even actually for compensations and, and those those kinds of groups and schemes exist i know they work for some marketers maybe but it's like facebook really wants authentic be authentic original genuinely engaging with your audience you know and you know broadcast for a little bit longer and just have good content and that's really what it boils down to is have great content that's good quality yep that's great. And keeps people watching. Yeah. And keeps people watching, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually. And that's one of the signals uh, is retention, which mm -hmm. obviously now they're saying, if you have video that people watch more, they'll give you more, they'll give you more free visibility. <laughs> yeah. And so go make sure you guys go and Grace, who does a great job wrapping up all the stuff we talked about today. We'll have that on the Saturday post and have all the links to everything we talk about today. But uh, once again, Mari, it's been awesome because you proved again why you are the queen of Facebook and dropping so many knowledge bombs on us. And we are so excited to uh, see you again at Social Media Marketing World. Can you kind of share what you'll be speaking about there? I absolutely can. And now, so last year, my opening keynote, which I was thrilled to do, I really talked about kind of the future and what's happening with Facebook. It was perfect timing with, as we mentioned earlier, Zuckerberg's new privacy focus. This year, however, I am going to be talking about how to use organic content on Facebook to deliver amazing results. And, and I know this is going to be music to a lot of marketers' years because especially the, the small, medium-sized uh, businesses and marketers, if you don't have a, a lot of budget to invest in ads or even time to learn like really how ads work inside out and you want to be able to use these free tools that Mark Zuckerberg keeps saying we have that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about in my session is the proven ways to use your organic content to deliver results like leads and sales and growing community and really staying relevant and staying in front of your audience. And Mari is the person that, as speakers, we never want to be against because her room is always packed. And we, we, we never want to get a, a, across from uh, Mari if you're a speaker there. So she has a great, always has a great session. So how many years has it been, Mari? Have, how many years have you spoken there? Since original, 2013. So wow. whatever that is, eight years. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> what would you tell somebody maybe who's going for the first time? What's your biggest takeaways uh, from the conference have been? 
Gosh, the first time uh, you're going to be just dazzled. You're going to be amazed. You're going to be overwhelmed. I would say if it's your first time, go ideally with a plan. Look at all the sessions in advance. Really decide, have a calendar that you're going to decide which sessions to go to. But then be a little bit flexible because I tell you what, everybody always raves about the networking. And so make best, best use of the networking and the social elements and in between the sessions and the breaks and bumping into somebody in the hallways where you're like, oh my gosh, and get selfies, get tons of selfies. And then don't be afraid to ask people for interviews and get little short snippets on your phone, which you can then use as content for your blog, take lots of great notes, use the time in person. I've said this for years, my friends, there's just no amount of sophisticated technology that will ever take the place of in-person connecting and it goes by fast. We only have two and a half days, whoosh. And then you're like on the plane going home. You're like, ah, I should have done this. I should have done that. So make good, good use of the networking and all the learning. It's amazing. It's a tremendous place to be. Awesome. Thank you. So much. Mari, where can people find out more about you if they want to follow you or even some of your groups that you're talking about today? My Facebook page, facebook.com slash Mari Smith. I have a great group called The Social Scoop. They can find that on my page header. Uh, Twitter is at Mari Smith. Instagram at Mari underscore Smith. And then my website, marismith.com. We're just busy doing a redesign right now. Awesome. Thanks so much, You can find her on Facebook where we found her video. And I mean, just Mari just spreads goodness and kindness and all kinds of great content. So follow her on her page too. And it's just, I love watching your live videos. They're always just so bright. And, and I always learn so much from yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you great so stuff. much. Well, thanks Mari so, so much for being here and we'll see you next time. Bye now. You bet. Thanks. Bye Mari. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, folks. Thank you so much. If you'd like to join Mari at social media marketing world, make sure you head over to socialmediamarketing.world where you can register. And if for some reason, you know, it will break your heart that you can't be there live. We also offer a virtual ticket option where you can go check that out. So it's at socialmediamarketing.world. And as always, you can find out more links, details, notes. Grace does an incredible job of wrapping everything up, putting it on the Social Media Examiner site at the Social Media Marketing Talk Show Recap. It publishes every Saturday at Social Media Examiner. You can find out more at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. And we also want to let you know that you can subscribe to our podcast. We'd love it if you do, because it helps us out so much. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher with new episodes that are published every Saturday. And our next show is on Friday, January 24th, 2020 at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can sign up for our weekly calendar at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. Grace, thank you so much. You always put together an awesome show. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Oh, thank you for hosting this fabulous show. I couldn't do it without you, Jeff. No, literally cannot do this without you. I need you here. Don't ever leave. Um, And also thank you to Mari Smith for making time for us today. She is wonderful. She is love and light and uh, positivity. And I just learned so much from her. Just so many insights. She is no doubt the queen of Facebook and for good reason, people. She is brilliant. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for Mari uh, for joining us and dropping all the knowledge bombs and we will see you next time. Bye now, everybody. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company 
or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.